Welcome, everybody. So good to have you here and to be together. Seems to be really important, especially right now. And uh, we'll have a discussion today to uh, gain perspective because uh, as human beings, we're very good at adapting our perspective. So today we'll, we'll go over a few basic points because basic points and principles are easy to take away. And my goal today is to serve you by passing on uh, some thoughts, ideas that will <clears throat> give you the wherewithal to manage the current uh, world situation and our part in it in, in ways that will make things easier. And so <clears throat> during our talk today, I'll also ask for reflections. And some of you who have been joining these calls are starting to get used to it. <laughs> But it adds a, a dimension that's really important. It's not just a monologue from little old me, but it's a, a conversation because everyone has something to offer. And also now in this time of social distancing, we really do need for, to hear from each other, to hear from one another. So please don't uh, hesitate at all. It's, it's not a, a show or anything like that where uh, you jumping in and offering your perspective is going to jar anybody. It's on the contrary, it's going to be really nice. So I'll be asking for some reflections at a, at a certain point. And then after the uh, 40 minute session, is it 40 minutes, JM? Yes, it's a regular minutes. session is 40 minutes, which will which go by just a, in a blink of an eye, really. After that, uh, there's an optional session at the end that we did uh, last Friday that a lot of you stayed for, uh, some of you that, that are on today stayed for, and that is for um, mantra meditation. It's the kind of meditation that I've been practicing for a while, and uh, I learned it from my teacher who uh, came from a long line of teachers in a tradition, and it is a bona fide kind of, of meditation. Since it's helped me, I'm passing it on. Uh, and that's, again, optional. You can stay after the 40 minutes, and then we'll go into a different mode, a little bit more of a practice. Does that sound okay? Yes, that sounds great. Okay. I, I just wanted to update that we have around 40 people on Zoom and around 100 people on Facebook. Fantastic. Okay, welcome to everybody. Now, are there ways that, uh, there's ways uh, people can uh, put in the chat box too, right? Yes, they can ask a question through chat or they can uh, unmute themselves and participate as you have mentioned before. Uh, okay. As well, I'll be watching the Facebook as well. Any comments there, I'll be sharing. And they can also raise their hand through the chat box too. There's a little a point there where they can raise their hand. Yes, they can raise their hands. Okay, great. I'm just scrolling through so I can see a few of you. I need a little human interaction here. <laughs> okay. Well, again, welcome everybody. And uh, talking about our agenda today and, and mining to see where we can take away a couple of points, principles or mantras. I like mantras because 
They contain a principle and a seed within them, and they can be used at any time. So talking about secrets to attain satisfaction amidst turmoil. And of course, as we spoke last Friday, turmoil is a relative principle. One person's turmoil is another person's peaceful time. And it really depends where we're situated and what our perspective is. And there's, uh, there's a level of consciousness that, that we can uh, develop or that um, happens by default when we're, we're not careful where we can see turmoil everywhere. And um, when we become emotional about it, there's a inverse relationship between the rational decisions that we make and the amount of emotion that we have in our life. And if we become overwhelmed by an emotion like fear, then uh, the decisions that we make uh, go down inversely in, um, or correspondingly, they go, they go down in quality. So gaining perspective and uh, getting a, a sense of centeredness is really important in life and especially at times when the world's changing in ways that we weren't expecting. So one question to ask is uh, what is not in my control? And uh, I think that we could make a pretty good list if we thought about it, <laughs> what's not in my control. Because the first aphorism that I presented on the handout was what is not in my control is not uh, out of control. Just because it's not in my control doesn't mean it's out of control. And let me tell you what I'm talking about. There's, um, there are a lot of forces in nature that are working all the time and uh, they're very much in control. We notice in our own bodies when we are cut that even without our attention to that, maybe a little dressing and maybe a little bit of um, sterilization, but it heals on its own. And we rather expect that. In fact, if it doesn't heal, we're rather surprised and we think something's wrong. But uh, that's... A nothing less than a miracle, if you think about it, how it is that there's a, a force in nature so that uh, anytime we break something or we cut ourselves, it just repairs itself. Repairs itself? That is very interesting. And it's something that I hardly ever notice. These things are going on all around me and I just expect them. This is actually a kind of uh, control or balance that's naturally there around us uh, in nature. Uh, break a bone. It grows back eight times stronger. I broke, I broke my arm once and uh, the doctor was very happy to tell me that uh, don't worry when it grows back it'll be eight times stronger in the, in the place where you broke it. And that was some consolation for, for breaking my arm. I was thinking well now it's eight times stronger. And how is that arranged? So <clears throat> there is control. There is a certain orderedness to the world. And those who have studied ecology know that there's 
a kind of balance. When something falls from a tree and decays, it then becomes the next fodder for other plants to grow or for it to grow because there's seeds within a fruit that fall to the ground and so forth. So um, I just want to hear what kinds of things, first of all, uh, this is an early reflection period, but uh, what kinds of things could you name that are out of your control? And now's the time for those who are um, like to participate, or even those who don't, could just mention uh, a list. What's out of your control? Traffic. What is it? Traffic. Traffic, yeah. Traffic's out of our control. We manage it as best we can, but what, what can you do, right? What else? Hi guys. Other people's sentiments. Other people's sentiments, yes. What other people think about me or what other people, how other people react to situations is not something that I can do anything about necessarily. Uh, what else? It's weather. Yeah, the weather. The weather can change and uh, it doesn't matter. I, I can't change the rain by uh, complaining. There was a song about that back in the 60s. There's, uh, there's, we can go on. If you make your own list, you'll see that it's infinite, actually. It's infinite. So it's out of my control. But let's ask for a second, uh, what can I control? And this is important because one of the ways that uh, we feel anxiety in, in general, in any atmosphere, is when we have a sense that we have no control at all. So now, uh, JM, if you put up that classic graphic that's good to, to revisit every single day, if possible, of the circle of influence and the circle of concern, a Stephen Covey creation. And uh, I just picked this one up off the internet, but to me, the circle of influence is a little large in comparison to the circle of concern here. But you'll notice that it is smaller. And, but if you imagine that the circle of concern goes on infinitely expanding, the circle of influence could actually um, shrink or it does relatively to the circle of concern anyway. So now, what is in my circle of influence? This is a, an important question for coming into the, the realm of control in our own lives. What is it that we can control? And here's an answer that I believe I can stand behind. And that is that I can control where I place my attention. <clears throat> I can control where I place my attention. Because uh, if we analyze what we are really, sort of metaphysically, if we look at ourselves and take the essence, we are units of attention. This is the description given in the wisdom literatures like the Bhagavad Gita, that the body is like hardware, the mind and the intelligence called the buddhi is like software but we're the atma or the conscious being behind the machinery, behind the subtle and gross workings uh, that are highly technological and, and work in sync. And those are also going on in many ways beyond our control, just like our digestion 
is not something we think about. It's something that happens when we eat food and all of the particular elements of the food get perfectly apportioned and passed on to the various parts of the body that need it. And it's not like I'm thinking about it all day long. So even within my body, I don't have um, ultimate control. But what I do have control of, uh, say the wisdom literatures, is where I place my attention. And now I'm going to give a mantra that is very helpful in all aspects of life. And that is to become centered, to become mindful, to become productive, all of that in one mantra. And it goes like this, where attention goes, energy flows. Try repeating it one time. Where attention goes, energy flows. Energy flows. So if you remember that, that I have a choice at, every, at any given moment, where to place my attention. And the more I become aware of that choice, and the more I start to take control of where I place my attention and notice that wherever I do place my attention, that's where my energy is going to flow. And that will shape my life. Then I start to feel a sense of control. Now, along with that is this uh, other very helpful mantra, which is the point of power is always in the present moment. We can't operate in the future because um, it's a concept that is only in our mind. I conjure what I think might happen in the future and I can't do anything about the past, but I do have a modem of, modicum of control right now about uh, what I do. And the point of power and where I place my attention is right now at this very second. And it's always there from moment to moment. I'm always there in the present. And then I have the choice where to place my attention. And now if I place my attention in my circle of concern, where there's uh, nothing I can do about a particular situation. And again, we started a little list with uh, uh, places that we can't do anything about, areas of our life that are beyond our control. If that's where I place my attention, then what happens is I start to develop a sense of anxiety. And it can become increased unlimitedly by going further and further into my circle of concern and further away from my circle of influence. And so uh, one of the practices of satisfaction is uh, discriminating about the things that I can control and the things that I can't control. And then uh, learning in the very present moment to keep bringing my attention back to the present moment and giving it to the most important task at hand right now that's in my ultimate self-interest. So now before, uh, that, that's a concept that is um, usable, actually. Anyone can start using it even right now. And I just wanna take a little feedback from you, uh, a few reflections or questions to expand on these particular concepts before we move on to the next part. So if you have a thought, you can just, um, take yourself off mute 
and then say what you heard. A, a reflection doesn't have to be anything um, like a, an essay or anything like that. Even if you just, any of the thoughts or concepts just uh, struck you in a certain way, just express it back. The one thing that um, I think about earlier when you say is when tension goes, energy flows. Um, I, I kind of think about that very carefully. Sometimes, you know, we do want our tension to go in a certain direction. But and you know, sometimes we know that certain things are out of our control and therefore we don't want our tension to go so that we don't create anxiety. That is difficult um, because, you know, although we want our tension to go to a certain direction, that doesn't really happen. Like, for example, if you're like right now, you know, I want my kid to be careful at school, you know, wash her hands and all that stuff. You know, I do all the due diligence, for example, right? But can I stop worrying about it or can I stop putting my attention to it? I can't. I still continue to think about it and I still continue to worry about it. So that is something that, you know, although we want to direct our attention to somewhere, but I just can't help it. Like, you know, cannot manage that that easily. Sure. What an excellent point. It's easy enough to make a, say a mantra, but then actually uh, performing the, the task itself or actually um, bringing the mind to, to a different place uh, could be a lot more difficult, difficult right? So um, this is something that's mentioned in uh, Bhagavad Gita that it takes practice and <clears throat> Last uh, Friday, we talked about the 21-day uh, spiritual fitness challenge that we uh, launched. And it has uh, certain aspects to it that um, give a, a simple practice that one can do at home. There are elements of that which give us the opportunity to practice bringing the mind to uh, the present moment and also uh, developing it so that through practice, uh, we it gets easier for us. So you mentioned that there are certain things that, for instance, you want your child to do. And when you are working under this principle of what's under your circle of influence, if you do your due diligence, in other words, you do everything that you possibly can do to um, help direct your child to wash hands, don't touch face and so forth. Then if you practice coming back into the, this um, circle of influence and realizing that you've done everything that you can, the other things are beyond, beyond your uh, control, then at, at some point you can start to uh, get good at that and start to develop the, the skill of actually bringing the mind into the rational point, or more rational point that I, I'm doing everything that I can do at this point. And that's the idea of the, of the exercise. Let's see if there's other um, reflections from what we heard so far. We do have a uh, question from Facebook. Uh, 
from Morgan. Uh, the question is uh, uh, very happy to know that if you pay, place attention on things we can control, uh, we cannot control, it causes anxiety. On the other hand, if you place our attention in the moment on what we can control, uh, he's uh, wondering what happens to that if we are able to uh, switch to placing focus on things we can control. What happens to what, JM? What happens if you are fo focusing on that? Like one is causes anxiety if it is not in control, but if you're placing on what you can control, what are the results, benefits you get? Well, the benefit one can get is to be situated in reality. Uh, the sacred circle of influence represents uh, what is actually real uh, and, and what our capabilities are. When we extend ourselves beyond that, then we tend to be out of balance. But when we go into that, then there's a sense of, of being mindful of the present, that I'm doing everything I, I can right now, if you're dealing with a situation, and I'm doing the, the, the thing that I've understood to be the best thing that I can do right now. So there's a sense of satisfaction is the answer that comes from that, for being connected to doing the right thing at every moment as to the best of my knowledge. And again, the mind is very fickle and it runs off in various directions. So the practice of meditation, the practice of mindfulness and so forth really uh, deals with analyzing um, what is the function of our mind and what is the function of our intelligence and what is in our best interest and then learning to align those properly. And when that happens, there is a sense of balance and being centered and feeling satisfaction. Thanks. One more reflection from, from Zoom or Facebook. Can you go? Yes, please. Can I share a quick story? Sure. Thank you. Um, and uh, that story is something to do with something that I'm going to show. And hopefully, we'll see how good it is on the Zoom. Uh, can everyone see this? Yeah. Guess what this is? Anyone? A lot of you are muted, but I would love to. I know, like uh, in-house plant? In so indoor plant? Anyone? Trees? Looks like plants. Looks like plants. Yeah. Bingo, yes. Um, so this is actually a something that uh, really connected to things that you mentioned, that is the what I can control and what I could do over the weekend and the last few weekends and uh, sort of redirect my anxiety <laughs> towards something to grow. So. We built, this is actually a greenhouse. See, when we close it like this, this is, this has the same greenhouse effect. And this has sped the, this is actually rainbow chart and the Swiss chart and few other stuff that my daughter and uh, her school has been experimenting with. Uh, so the, again, going back to, I had this choice of either get, you know, swallowed up in the news and and thinking about are we prepared uh, but i had this option of using that same attention 
to be with the plants and put my hands into the dirt and come up with this simple home. So we have, there is more work <laughs> cut out for me uh, to take this, uh, these, these, uh, the, uh, the <clears throat> saplings into, into the spring weather. Uh, so yeah, I thought uh, I share uh, and anyone, anyone among our Ohana group who's interested uh, to how to simplify a lot of these uh, with respect to how to cultivate the green thumb. Um, I'm here. Mm, and <laughs> uh, it, it's like I'm also a beginner, but uh, I would love to share whatever little I know. Thank you, Prakash. Actually, just by hearing your of your experiment there uh, made me feel better. <laughs> you know, because there's a way that, you know, you're directing it in a, a, a way that you can uh, put yourself into this circle of, of influence rather than just letting yourself go into the, the abyss of unlimited possibilities for what might happen, right? Thank you very, very much. Thank you. That was very helpful to have the visual aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so th this goes back to the awareness of nature also. There is a control within nature that is uh, inexorable and it's all around us and it has its own determination. We talked about it last week that when nature is turning itself over, for instance, in for forest fire, there's a way, there's regeneration and so forth going on. So although it's not, it's not within my control, it doesn't mean it's out of control. But there is a center of control in my own life where I can choose to focus my attention on the, the most nourishing and practical things or the most needful things that have an influence in my life or the life of my loved ones around me that I can do right now. So that point of power is in the present moment. So if I worry about what's not in my control, then what I produce is anxiety. But if I worry about things, and this might be a, a, you know, a solution to the idea about you know, the kids at school, but worrying about things that are in my control leads to intensity. Beyond my control, anxiety. Within my control, intensity. So the more you can decide which things are within my control and then feel free to worry about them. That's the point. We're not gonna stop worrying. But if I worry about things that are uh, in my control, I can actually do something about, then it comes into the realm of intensity and I start to make some progress. So <clears throat> oftentimes the, the, the mind is compared to a horse in the ancient uh, writings on meditation and the horse um, and the human being have a long uh, history of, of good relations, but it doesn't happen automatically. Human beings have to approach a horse and say, hey, how about it? <laughs> you wanna be friends? And they have to take time to get to know one another. And the, the uh, human and the horse over time, when there's some trust built and when there's some uh, training that the, the human um, puts before the horse and says, you know, uh, you know, how about if I say turn left and you turn left, then gradually there's this symbiotic relationship that becomes very helpful. So this is the way the 
meditation literatures describe the mind. We only have one mind. We, we get it uh, along with our birth in this world. So we should take care of it, say the wisdom literatures, and actually train it like a, a horse that can be very helpful to us. So the untrained mind becomes like uh, getting a free ticket to a horror movie. It is like a, watching on a screen all kinds of implausible or fantastical kinds of scenarios that might happen in the future. Meanwhile, I'm the one sitting there, I'm in the present, and at the present moment, if I take inventory, I'm always okay. So one of my friends, a, a colleague, uh, once put it like this, a worry is the interest we pay on loans that we have not yet taken. <laughs> We're already paying for it, but we haven't even taken them out yet. Um, so don't identify with the mind as much as identify the mind. And this is one of the, the points made in the Bhagavad Gita, is to notice that you're the watcher of the mind. The mind is going on like a, a, a movie on a screen. And if you go into a movie and the movie comes on, then you can get carried away, if it's a good movie, by the movie, the emotions of the movie, the plot of the movie, the music uplifts you and so forth. And you can become so absorbed that you become the movie. In fact, you might uh, weep at one point. You might grab onto the person next to you out of fear as the uh, movie is uh, changing from, from one scene to the next. And in a similar way, the Bhagavad Gita describes when the mind and we become intertwined. In other words, when I think I'm the mind or I become absorbed in it without identifying that this is something I'm watching, then I similarly can become carried away. So you can ruin a perfectly good movie if you just start to objectify it and say, ah, oh, that's just light on a screen and this didn't really happen. These people are acting and so forth. So uh, in a similar way, uh, <clears throat> the, the wisdom literature say we can uh, step back and take a look and see that the mind is moving and it's going through various scenarios and that instead of identifying with the mind, then identify the mind, point at it and say, look, I'm watching it. Therefore, I'm not the mind because I'm the one that's watching it. So the point of satisfaction as I mentioned in the uh, handout, is that it's a practice. It's not that satisfaction naturally uh, comes to us. I mean, it might if we're lucky at some point, but actually, for instance, in the Bhagavad Gita, it's mentioned as something that, that one has to take as a discipline, which when I first read, I found very interesting because it, it always seemed to me that either you're satisfied or you're not satisfied. But actually, it's, it's a practice, according to the wisdom literatures. And we can consciously take up the discipline of satisfaction. So one of the first points to develop satisfaction is uh, to cultivate gratitude. Because if I don't have gratitude, then it doesn't matter what my external circumstances are. I, I still won't feel satisfaction. 
I can go on increasing the amount of um, furniture that I have, the quality of my surroundings in my house, and so forth, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'll have satisfaction. The, the word that corresponds very well with, cor with the concept of satisfaction is enough. Right now, I'm satisfied because I have enough. And the only way to really come to that point of experiencing that I have enough or feeling that is to develop this sense of gratitude for what I have right now. For instance, with money, what is enough money? Uh, there's, of course, there is a certain amount that one needs to live in the Bay Area. But after a certain point, uh, when you have shelter and food and so forth, the accumulation becomes unlimited. There's, there's no end to how many zeros you can keep adding on to the end, and it, it never stops. I may have a, a million dollars, but then I think, well, you know, other people have 10 million, so how can I be happy? I may have a billion, and it's not enough. Other people have 10 billion or more. So the point comes back down to understanding, am I okay right in the present moment? And am I grateful for what I have right at this, this present moment? And that is a realm that is important to get in touch with, especially in times of, of change, when things are moving about us. Take stock of what you have right now that you can feel grateful for. And before I go to the next part, I'll just take a couple of reflections or questions that'll augment the conversation. Yeah, I could go. Um, I, I love the fact that um, you know, being satisfied is a, is a habit and not, a, not something, it's not something that you just wait for, that you can have control over it. And the correlation to grat gratitude is a really powerful thing, I think, and easily practiced if uh, one wants to. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you for mentioning the word habit, because uh, satisfaction can become a habit also. And there, 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 there's a lot of research around habits, first of all, that 45% of our day is, is mostly governed by our habits. Our habit patterns we develop, we're not even, we don't even realize um, how we're moving about. For instance, in the realm of habits and gratitude, this morning, uh, I noticed that my water was off in my house. My wife ran down and said, there's no water. And I said, that's strange. And we looked around. And then I looked on the street and there was construction going on. So I asked the construction workers, um, does your construction on the street here have anything to do with the fact that I don't have any water? And they said, oh, yeah, we turned it off. <laughs> He'll be off for the, until 3 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, then uh, I called the city, and they said, oh, yeah, we put something on your door. And then we looked, and it had blown off, and it was you know, by the side of the road somewhere. So we didn't know that uh, the water was going to go off. But for the next half hour... When I needed water, I just turned the tap with no water coming out. And I noticed it was a habit um, that I'm used to turning on the water, but it, it just doesn't come out. And then I started thinking, 
we really live like kings because at any given moment, clean water comes out of the tap. And I started feeling that you should be really grateful for what we have. So our, our life is, is ruled by these kind of habits. And the more we can develop gra uh, gratefulness habits, the, the more we can feel this kind of satisfaction. So one of the, one of the admonitions given for developing this and also practicing what I talked about, and that is where attention goes, energy flows, is focus on actions and not on outcomes. Don't worry about the outcome because the, the, uh, the result takes care of itself if you're doing the right thing now. And it doesn't mean not have foresight. We need to have some kind of plans like where we're going and what the goal is, but focus on the most important action right now and let the outcome take care of itself. This is uh, one of the aspects of karma yoga if you're working for the right purpose and you're doing it right in the present moment, you don't become attached to the outcome. And also remembering that um, it's easier that, that um, self-measurement uh, brings self-awareness and self-awareness strengthens our self-control. So if we look to see uh, carefully how we're conducting ourselves from moment to moment and uh, take uh, stock of, of what it is. It goes along with this saying that if we want something to count in our lives, we should figure out a way to count it. And so how does that relate to mindfulness? In the 21-day in the spiritual fitness challenge that we introduced last week, we have different categories for the body and for the mind and for the spirit, three in each. And there's a way to measure these on a daily basis and keep track. So these are specially designed to, to help us stay in the moment and uh, be mindful that we're doing something presently that's good for us, body, mind, and spirit. So uh, JM, would you put up that list on the screen? Sure. One of my friends used to say, good habits are worth being passionate about because when we develop them and it's hard to develop good habits, but the outcome is very favorable and it's easy to develop bad habits and the outcome is not so favorable at all. Let me know if you can see my screen. Yeah, it's, I can see a black screen. It says JM has started screen sharing. I think it should be coming up soon. Okay. So one of the first principles of uh, the fitness challenge is uh, that you track it. This is a, a spiritual fitness tracker. So in this uh, tracking device, and right now you're just on the opening page, and now we're going down to regulating sleep. So sleep is something that um, when regulated can actually adjust everything else in our life. So what we've recommended according to the teachings of the uh, yoga literatures is practice 
getting up a little earlier. The most ideal time of the day for uh, contemplation and spiritual practice is before the sun comes up. And then uh, adjusting diet to eat healthy and walking daily. And in the mind section, it's uh, wake up to an affirmation. This is extremely powerful because when we wake up, we've been in some far-flung place, who knows where. But if we uh, become self-aware by making an affirmation, as soon as we open our eyes, the first words we utter, it starts to direct us towards our uh, mindfulness practice. And then greet the day with a, with a map. And if it's too rigid to write down specifically what you're going to do, at least put down the ideas of, of what you'd like to do in that day uh, in a general sense. Then manage screen time means uh, don't go on to the screen without having a specific purpose and know what it is before you go there. You'll save yourself a lot of extra time and anxiety. Doing mantra meditation for the spiritual side, selfless service. If you practice this, it's amazing how much gratitude you start to feel just sort of naturally in satisfaction when you do something without expecting anything in return. And maybe even anonymously you do it. You'll notice that uh, the space of your consciousness starts to expand. It gets bigger and, a, and more accommodating by doing selfless service. And the third thing is to keep a gratitude journal. Just get anything that you can write on, like a notebook, and make a few notes. When you notice even a glimmer of gratitude, write it down. Because whatever you appreciate, appreciates. Whatever person's qualities you appreciate, they start to become uh, available to you. And you'll notice that even in the eye of a storm, even amidst turmoil, when you start to develop that gratitude and doing it in a practiced way, then you'll start to feel satisfaction even when you're in the midst of it. So we've come to the end of the 40 minutes. Actually, we're at 42, and I apologize for going over. And so I thank everybody for taking your valuable time to join us here. And uh, the second part of the program, and what's the second part of the program, and, and what else would you like to tell us? Yeah, I just wanted to say, if you want to access this tracker, uh, you can visit uh, on Vaishikara's website. It's called Spiritual Fitness Challenge. So there it uh, describes all, uh, all the uh, activities or habits which uh, Vaish was mentioning in detail, uh, what exactly uh, it refers to, as well as there is a link to download a, a, a copy, which you can click and download. So that can be printed and used. Uh, I'm also going to post this uh, form, uh, which you can use as well on your mobile device. If you want to track these habits on a daily basis, uh, you can do that as well. So uh, through your mobile device too. So later today, uh, we'll be posting. So you can visit uh, Vaishika Das, and then there you can find a spiritual fitness challenge link after next steps. I noticed that when you gave me the, the prototype to try out and I just started clicking some of the buttons, immediately I started thinking <laughs> my mind became more focused because as I said on Friday, when we give the human mind a, a ladder to climb, it starts to figure out how to do it. And yes. so I, I like how you made this tracker and uh, 
it, it's it's amazing how how valuable it is to help uh, focus the mind. Yeah. If you like, can link. you? Sorry, can you copy and paste that link in the chat box, please? Sure, I will send it across to you. Thank you. Of sharing now uh, to move on to the next section uh, where we'll do some mantra meditation. Uh, and those who want to continue participating can stay back. Yeah, so this is something uh, in uh, when we were meeting personally in many of the corporate environments when the talk is officially over and everyone had places to go and things to do they could they could go and so this is the time at this meeting if if you want to move on you can um, i'm going to uh, talk about just very briefly the power of mantra meditation and what it's for and then uh, we'll go through a, an exercise together where we can practice some mantra meditation so the mind is called manas in Sanskrit. And in the word mantra, man means mind. And tra comes from the word triate, which means to elevate. And so how will the mind uh, be elevated, especially by mantra? In fact, if you think about it, the world moves by mantras. If you wanna ask for somebody to open the door, please open the door. You just said a mantra and now because of your words, the door opens. Uh, a high court judge utters uh, a sentence and then it's carried out because it was a mantra that was authorized. The person was in a specific situation to be able to say a mantra and get something done. So spiritual mantras are potent also. And by repeating the mantra, and listening to the sound vibration, then one can begin to refine one's mind and to lift it above the mire of anxiety, worry, and assumption, and bring it into a realm where the, the self becomes aware that I am the source of my life. In fact, the consciousness becomes aware that it's conscious. Instead of just being aware of one's life situation, we become aware of our life. Now, right now, there's a life situation that we're all experiencing in different ways. However, we're the life and we're the one who's watching it go on. So this is an important a perspective, which is described in the Bhagavad Gita as being uh, the perspective of knowledge. And then that's just uh, called knowing the difference between myself and my body. So the body, interestingly, is called the Kshetra, or the field of activities. And um, I am the knower of that field, so there's a difference between the two. So one of the first experiences that one can get from the mantra, if one uh, practices mantra meditation, which takes some work, it means that you actually have to practice bringing the mind back to the mantra and listening to the sound vibration and not getting discouraged when the mind runs away, but like taming the horse uh, very gently and persistently bringing it back. The fruits are um, amazingly wonderful. So uh, there are many different mantras. This mantra that I 
uh, got from my spiritual teacher many, many years ago, 1973, when I first started the process of, of yoga, is called the Maha Mantra, and it comes from the Kali Santarana Upanishad, a, a literature that is said to be tens of thousands of years old. It comes from the Sanskrit language, and the, the mantra is in Sanskrit. So uh, it has uh, 16 words and 32 syllables. And it looks like JM is about to show it on the screen. If I'm not in Okay. Okay, there it is. So this is a mantra. It has three words altogether, Hare Krishna and Rama, but it's a uh, strung together in this way. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And that's one mantra. So when we repeat this mantra, we're uh, connecting to the spiritual stratum uh, through the sound of the mantra. Sometimes it's compared to a seed. When you plant a seed and then you water it, then the seed grows and you see what's inside. So the way that we water this mantra is by paying attention to it. We water it with our attention. As I mentioned before, where attention goes, energy flows. And if your attention goes into the mantra and you practice hearing the mantra and repeating it, then you'll notice that it grows on its own. You don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to conjure anything. You just have to listen to the mantra. And if you um, are dubious about it, just uh, suspend uh, disbelief for some time and then try to examine it and, and hear the sound and see if it sounds um, interesting. And so the mind, the mind can get attached to the mantra and you'll notice the effects of it if you give it at least that much opportunity. So before we start, let's just see if you have any questions about the mantra or the mantra meditation. Hi, can you share what each words mean for the three Hare, Krishna, and Rama? Yeah, Hare means the um, divine energy. Like all around us, there's energy that's working. And I mentioned some of it before, the ways in which the, the world's going on inexplicably. And there's a kind of a um, universal presence of a powerful um, workings of, of, of nature and the energy of, of nature. And this is uh, the, the, the energy that's all around us. Krishna means the source of all that energy, like the powerhouse where it all comes from. And it also means in Sanskrit, it comes from the word karshana, which means that that which attracts our mind. So we're attracted to beauty and all beauty comes from an original source. And that's there within the word Krishna. So Krishna is the source of energy and Hare is that the, the energy. And then Rama means happiness. Real happiness comes from uh, identifying with one's higher nature. And so that's what Rama refers to as the higher pleasure that you get from conscious, being fully conscious and being aware of your, your higher nature. So those words, Hare Krishna and Rama. Thank you.
You're welcome. Any other questions? Okay, so um, a few tips about meditation. One is that um, you can consider when you're uh, taking this uh, practice of meditation and chanting the mantra that you're going to uh, propel yourself to a higher level. So imagine that you're a rocket ship and you sit up a little straighter. Uh, so if you sit down, imagine you're on a launching pad and you're going to launch yourself <laughs> into the stratosphere and uh, keep yourself a little straight. When you straighten your spine, then you come to, more, to, to a higher level of attention. And the next thing is <clears throat> to um, be aware of the fact that you're chanting because there's a phenomena that happens to all of us. And that is while we're doing one thing, we're thinking of another thing. Like sometimes if I'm reading a book, I'll notice if I'm worrying about something that I didn't actually read the last paragraph. I went through it, my eyes touched every word, but I have no idea what I just read because I wasn't present for it. So in chanting the mantra, keep remembering that you're chanting and don't think about anything else. Just think about the mantra. Feel free within this time period when you're meditating on the mantra to just stay fixed on the mantra and don't let your circle of concern uh, concern you. Don't let it uh, become uh, the chatter that takes you away from the mantra. Rather, practice when you're meditating to bring your mind back to the mantra again and again. And then you'll find as you do it, that uh, it'll get easier, just like anything else that you practice. And third thing is to um, come into this uh, realizing your existential situation, that uh, we don't really know how we got into this world. We don't know where we're going or, or when, and we're sort of just situated here on a, a little planet that's floating around in an infinite universe and try to remember that uh, the bigger scope of things, <laughs> you know, wherever you're sitting right now is um, <clears throat> very inconsequential compared to the, the higher vision that we're sitting within a, a huge universe. And try to remember that we're sort of helpless. We don't know a lot of things about what's really going on or what's going to happen next. So there's a kind of prayerfulness with saying the mantra uh, an, an inquisitiveness, saying it in a way that, um, please uh, give me uh, some solace. And, uh, and when you, you say it in that mood, it helps you to focus and concentrate because it's coming from the heart of calling out. So we count mantras and on the spiritual fitness challenge, there's a the recommendation that you count how many mantras that you do every day. So you can count it on your fingers or you can count it on um, beads like these. And there are also other devices. I happen to usually carry one in my pocket that has a, um, it's a little counter and you can use a counting system. And on fingers, we count like this. On the middle of the ring finger is one Touching the bottom of my ring finger with my thumb is two. Bottom of my little finger is three. 
middle of my little finger is four, top of my little finger is five, top of my ring finger is six, seven for the middle finger, eight on the top of my index finger, nine middle of my index finger, and 10 bottom of my index finger. Do you want to try it one time? So hold your hands up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then it's easy enough to keep track of uh, multiples of ten. And uh, we do one mantra, one full mantra per one section, and then move to the next one. Any questions? Okay, then uh, I'll count on my hands since I think many of you will be counting on your hands. And uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, chant together for a few minutes. You don't have to keep track, I'll keep track. And then when I stop, then we'll just take a few reflections, okay? So I'll say the mantra and if you'd like, uh, you can keep yourself on mute and you can uh, chant along with me and listen to the sound of the mantra as you're repeating it and also be saying it so you can keep the same cadence. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And now if you just sit for a moment and feel that the vibration has penetrated, your ears goes into your body, And come back to the present and just see if you have any um, reflections about the chanting process. So at the beginning, um, because I don't know this um, script, you know, I was paying attention to the screen and reading along. And after 10 times, I kind of get a grip of it so I could close my eye and follow along without looking at it. Then after 20, 30 times, my mind starts to run off, like start to think of something else. <laughs> then I catch it again, I come back and I catch it again, I come back. So that's what happened to me. Thank you for sharing that. It's actually in the dialectic called the Bhagavad Gita where there's a student and a teacher the student is telling the teacher that you know it's really hard to control the mind and it keeps running away so then 
uh, the teacher says, then you have to practice. And as you continue to practice, you'll find that the mind uh, becomes more accustomed to the mantra. So what you, what you described is very, very natural. And another point is that it's okay to look at the uh, mantra on, in, in printing also. Sometimes that actually helps. If you watch the mantra at the same time you're chanting it, you don't have to close your eyes. You can look at the mantra and say it at the same time. And then sometimes having the visual aspect helps as well. Thanks for, for sharing, Christine. Actually, I was thinking Thank about you. you when you said that, because when you <laughs> talked about your kids in the beginning, being worried and stuff, and I was thinking that, um, you know, we, in order to go beyond the plane of worry, which is very difficult to break out from, especially when there's emotion involved for a loved one, you know, there has to be a, a, a higher visceral experience to replace it and, and give some calm. And um, the meditation can do that with, with uh, repeated practice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, others? Any experience you had or questions? And if you don't have any uh, uh, questions or particular um, reflections that you wanna share right now, maybe you can just, anyone just wants to tell us how you're doing. What's going on for you in your life right now? In my case, when uh, I was doing the mantra meditation, and uh, of course, as Christian, the mind was running around. I, I was trying to keep tab on comments on multiple channels, trying to see if uh, so it was going that if somebody say something, do I need to respond? But after the 15, 20 mantras, when I started focusing on that, what happens is like the uh, the stress level goes on. Some something happens where it things started calming down, uh, both right from my uh, mind and then overall body and I was, yeah, I'll get to it later. So let me just focus on this. So it was a good experience that it was actually working and uh, calming me down. Thank you for relating that because even one second of that kind of experience can help us throughout the rest of the day. It, it, it is something that uh, also many practitioners relate that when they do their chanting that um, they may not experience it in that exact moment, but later on it will come back to them and they'll realize that I'm handling things differently than I, than I normally do. I'm, I have a little bit, bit of perspective that I didn't have before. And that kind of um, experience can come from the, from the mantra and, and the type of thing you said, even one molecule uh, where you shift and you feel like, oh, okay, I, I, I just felt a little shelter here from the mantra that can be very, very useful and powerful. And it's, it's cumulative. Anyone else? I'm trying to get to know all of you. <laughs> it's, if you uh, tell me how you're doing or what's going on, I'd be deeply grateful. Are most, uh, are most of you home? Yes, I am. You're home. How is it going being at home? Not good. What, what's a, what are the uh, drawbacks? I have to teach my kid with the um, school assignment because the school is closed too. So 
mom and dad working at home trying to teach a kid after school assignment and prepare lunch. I'm trying to get away this one hour. I close the door. I put a sign out. Do not disturb. Uh, this is my time. <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much, Christine. I'm in the same boat as you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the assignment came in this morning from school is crazy. And I'm like, seriously, I still have a job to run. You know, like, how do I be a teacher? And work at the same time I, i'm like okay i need a break one hour is mine i close the door yeah thanks for doing that well yeah it's it seems to be going around right all over yeah. the world there's this kind of extra burden and uh, as i was reading this morning oftentimes along with these kinds of unusual shifts although it's great austerity at first there's some fruit behind the whole thing that will come out for all of us, and maybe even on a world level, that people become more aware of uh, what we're doing and how whatever we do has consequences. And certainly we're becoming more aware of the subtleties of life with this idea of viruses uh, floating around and stuff like that and how we're interacting with others. That actually applies on all levels. Well, thank you very much, Christine and everybody else for taking your valuable time to um, join in today. And we'll be interested to hear if any of you have some experience with the 21 day challenge. It's not there to um, intimidate you or add anything more to uh, your busy lives. But if you just experiment with it and see which kind of things, even if it's one thing out of all the nine that seem like you can uh, add in the spiritual practice can actually help you get more balance. And just the fact that you're keeping up with it will give you a place where you feel some control in your life. And we will have ongoing um, programs. And the next one, uh, JM, is? Friday at uh, 12 noon is when the next program is scheduled. Okay. And I'll also be sending the, uh, uh, once the mobile version of the 21 day fitness uh, challenge tracker is available later today evening, I'll send out uh, the links to the respective team leads who, will, who can forward to whoever is interested. Okay, awesome. thank you very much. Thank you. Everybody, remember where attention Could I ask two more questions, yeah. if you don't mind? Really quick one, I promise. I don't so, mind. <laughs> so you were counting the mantra earlier. Yeah. Um, how much was the count? I'm curious. Uh, we did uh, 40 mantras altogether. Very cool. And the second one is that, yes, I'm looking forward to the tracker thing that, you know, GM shared earlier. And one thing that I'm curious, there's one item in your checklist is wake up with affirmation. What does that mean? Any example of it? Yeah. On the website, we included some samples. Okay. GM, do you want to show where that is? Yeah. I will share my screen and show that um, sample. There's, a, there's an explanation for all of those. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I didn't get to, I haven't seen the, the entire description of everything. I just quickly saw one of the item earlier when he was sharing. So I wonder what that was. Okay. You see where to go now on the I website? I think he's working he's on gonna, it. He's going to work on it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We have the uh, explanation right now. But okay. what we're doing uh, later today is uh, just basically uh, providing a mobile version of it. So, uh, so I'll share the current website that we have. 
and which you can still print a tracker, uh, print out a tracker and use it. But uh, later today evening, uh, we'll uh, upload a form which you can upload, uh, use through your mobile device as well. I so see. Let me know if you can see the screen coming up. Can you see it? I think it's loading right now. It's on its way, I can tell. <laughs> well, the screen is loading. Yeah. Uh, uh, you have mentioned that uh, we did 40, uh, 40 chains. Uh, if, I, if we have a mala, can yeah. we do the 108? So one, one per bead? Yeah, that's right. So if you have a mala and it has 100, this is a mala, by the way, for those. Yeah. String of beads. So if you have a string of beads, you can count on the beads also. I was just okay. thinking that maybe some people didn't have it. So I was showing a technique on the fingers. Yes. But you, you can count on the mala. If your mala has 108, you can do 108 mantras. Perfect. Thank you. Seven to 10 minutes usually. Yep. Something like that. That's right. how I do my meditation in the morning. So I wanted to. Right. Excellent. Okay. So now we see the screen. Yes. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, and he'll send the link out and you can go through those uh, different aspects of the 21 day challenge. And then next Friday, we'll, we'll um, check in. I'm doing it too and, and recording my uh, you know, progress and maybe we can share when we get back. Thank you so much. I have to say the highlight of the show was Prakash Prabhu with his gardening thing. <laughs> yes, it's see, very the, nice. I mean, it was amazing. And it was just such a nice example to see that, you know, give yourself to something in the present where, you know, you feel productive, created, to, connected to the earth and so forth. So that was really nice. Thanks, Prakash. Okay, thank you, everybody. Great to see you and look forward to seeing you again very, very soon.